Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. <laughs> I could listen to that over and over again. <laughs> hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back, and thanks for uh, sticking with us here. We're sorting out some, you know, personal, personal issues. <laughs> yeah. So, our last podcast was a mess. Um, if you listen to that, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> you deserve a award medal for coming back for round two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now, you know, uh, we waited it out. We're going to do a better quality episode, I hope. Uh, so, this week is part of a multi-part series on... John Wayne Gacy, um, one of the scariest serial killers because he was also a clown. Um, (laughs) 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 It's literally my worst nightmare. Um, All clowns are secretly serial killers, in my opinion. But anyway, here we go. I don't know. I know some nice ones. There's uh, (laughs) (laughs) Donald McDonald. Serial killer. (laughs) He gives Pennywise? kids diabetes. Pennywise, <laughs> <laughs> serial killer. Oh my gosh. No. If you're wondering what that amazing laugh was, my we have a recording of my brother Nathan <laughs> at our last Halloween party, and he just came out with that, and all I think of is the Simpsons. Crusty the Clown. Yeah, right here, that's what I think of. But yeah, John Wayne Gacy. He's literally what nightmares are made of. I'm not scared of clowns, but if I were to be, this would be the reason why, because he is terrifying. Um, that makeup is terrifying. <laughs> it's like a spotty yeah, clown. <laughs> the makeup. <laughs> I was telling Tabitha last night that it looked like lunch meat, like painted no, red. No, no, you're ruining it for me. You're ruining lunch meat for me. I don't even know why that. Bleh. Bleh, bleh, bleh. It was like raised off his. I don't know. It looked like he slapped some baloney on his. Hannah, face. it looked like our prom makeup. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just going for a fuller lip. <laughs> God, no, it's eyeshadow. All yeah. I can think of. We went and got our, our makeup done in Macy's for prom because I don't know what our friends was like. Let's all do do that. It'll be so great. Yeah, she came out looking amazing. <laughs> the rest of us, however, it was like lid to brow eyeshadow. <laughs> Dear God, like, what color is your prom dress? Blue. Okay, perfect. Let's use all the blue. So, since we are going to be talking about John Wayne Gacy, who is, you know, your family favorite neighborhood clown, this week's cocktail is clown-inspired, and one of Gacy's clown names or identities was Pogo, so we're calling this Pogo's Poppin' Rita. (laughs) (laughs) You can take the poppin' part of you like, (laughs) but it's pretty good. 
I'm drinking it here. Uh, so you're going to take in a shaker, add a scoop of ice. You're going to do one and a half ounce of silver tequila, a half ounce of triple sec, half ounce of blue carousel, and a half ounce of lime juice. And then you're going to take, here's the clown part, 15 <laughs> grams of cotton candy. You're going to mix that in there. And you can do a little simple syrup if you want, but to be honest, the cotton candy is pretty sweet on its own. And then you're going to shake that all together and then you're going to take your glass and you're going to lace the rim there <laughs> dip it up with some pop rock candy and then go ahead and dump your margarita in there and you can garnish it with a little bit of extra cotton candy and it the is... tears of little boys <laughs> sweet Man. cheers i also want to say katie is actually here with me in person today mm -hmm. it's not through zoom or clean feet or anything okay maybe i added a little too much tequila in mine <laughs> i did it first Never. and i was like it's too sweet it needs more tequila and now i just added more and i'm like that's <laughs> 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 how i feel Never so enough. like all of our cocktail recipes you can find them on our instagram at crimes and cocktails or our patreon and by the way patrons you have a sticker being dropped in the mail this week so like we said, life got a little bit crazy, but we are back in the game, so prepare for some exciting stuff coming up. And if you like what you hear um, on this episode, <laughs> not, <laughs> not the last, last one. one. <laughs> Actually, delete it. <laughs> Our shit. If you listened to it, like, you were the last one. <laughs> we didn't even want to listen to it. And I will kill every single one of you that utters <laughs> Gary Stainer, who a stain on our reputation. <laughs> huh. Anyway. We went down 20% this week. <laughs> what? Um, but be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Um, Only positive reviews, please. We really appreciate it. Yeah, if your first episode was Gary Stainer and you're like, I'll give him one more try and you're listening to this, thank you. I don't know why you're here. Um, and please leave us a good review. <laughs> so. so John Wayne Gacy. Uh, as you know, he just, um, not he just, he's dead, <laughs> but they <laughs> just, just came out <laughs> with a six-part docuseries on him on Peacock, and to be honest, I didn't think that we were going to do a series on John Wayne Gacy for a while because he's kind of like a big league guy, I would say. He's one of our 40 ounces, yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk in cocktail terms, uh, of serial killers, but it's been a while since we've done a multi-part series. I think our last one was... Dahmer, yeah, or maybe the Yorkshire Ripper, which was also a terrible episode series. Uh, if what? you're listening from the UK, still, thank you. <laughs> and um, everything you stand on, the Queen. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so yeah, so we've had some time to relax a little bit, get acquainted. You know, I just started a new job, and Katie's shifting stuff around, and planning a big day soon. So. Uh, but she's here visiting the good old 831. We binge-watched that docu-series last night, and, you know, we've also done some extra research. It's not just going to be from the series. So we're like, let's go ahead and do this. So we were inspired. We're inspired. <laughs> John Wayne Gaze. <laughs> I couldn't help that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I titled this episode as John Wayne Crazy, and then <laughs> I was like, you missed an opportunity. <laughs> Dang it. I love my gay homies, but it's a great name. All right. Let's get into it. So, John Wayne Gacy, born on March 17th, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, he was born to the only um, the only son to John Stanley Gacy and Marion Elaine Robinson. His grandparents had immigrated from Poland, which was Prussia and Germany at the time. 
John was born second out of three and like I said, only son. He grew up having a good relationship with his two sisters, Karen and Joanne, and his mother. But his relationship with his father was really strained. His father was an auto repair um, machinist and the family was part of Chicago's middle class. He was named John Wayne Gacy after you guessed it, John Wayne. No. America's favorite cowboy and a big symbol of masculinity. Uh, John never really mounted up to his father's expectations, though. To his alcoholic father, John was a, a sissy or queer, and he would go on drinking benders and then beat John for misbehaving or being clumsy. He beat the kids with a razor strap, which is a short leather like strap belt type thing that you use to sharpen your razor. Uh, his mother would often try to protect him from it, um, but this only made John seem more pathetic in his father's eyes. So um, John was pretty overweight and he had a hard a heart condition, which prohibited him from participating in any school sports. Also, side note, uh, it said that he would wear his mom's underwear and dance around in that. <laughs> mom's panties. If you ever want to know <laughs> why your father thinks you're too attached to your mom, that was probably one of the reasons. Uh, yeah, I think I would say wearing your mom's underwear is crossing the line. <laughs> Just a smidge. Um, uh, John grew up with the internal desire to win his father's approval. He later said he never raised a hand towards his father because he loved him and respected what he stood for. In addition to his father's abuse, John was also molested several times as a child by other people. Gacy's first memory of being abused was actually at five years old while he was with his mother at a mother's at his mother's friend's house. The friend's 15-year-old daughter took him upstairs to her room and fondled him. The mothers walked in on this incident, and the mother of the daughter beat her in front of Gacy, so he remembers that pretty vividly. A few years later, when Gacy was about nine years old, there was a contractor that was working on a house next door to them. The contractor and Gacy's father sort of became kind of casual friends. And eventually the contractor uh, wanted to take Gacy out to ice cream or to the movies or to take out to outings and such. And it was on these ice cream outings that he would teach Gacy how to quote unquote wrestle. Uh, the docuseries, Gacy says in his own interview that the wrestling would always result with Gacy being with his head in between the other guy's legs. Probably not always how you wrestle, but yeah. He never really wanted to tell his father about this because he was afraid that his father would be upset and blame him for this. But eventually he told his dad he didn't want to go on outings with that guy anymore. And it's not entirely known, but from the docu-series that we watched, it seems like his father did find out and was really angry about it and at one point, quote-unquote, wanted to kill the contractor. Um, but other articles say that that relationship with the contractor was abruptly ended. Later that year, John and a friend were caught fondling a girl who was close to their age. John's father beat him um, for that with the razor strap. Probably trying to reenact things that had happened to him and yeah. curiosity. When he was about 14 years old, as most serial killers do, he suffered a few head injuries. Once he got hit in the head with a swing set that knocked him out, and another incident, he fell down a, f a flight, four flights of stairs. So, I know one flight is already crazy, but four flights, four. my God. 
So after these events, he started suffering blackouts, and they would put him in and out of the hospital. His father, however, thought he was faking this whole thing just to get symphony. Symphony. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the alcohol, sorry. (laughs) Sympathy and attention from his mother. However, he was later diagnosed with a blood clot in his brain, um, so he wasn't faking it, Uh, and they got that resolved and everything. His... He ended up missing, though, a lot of school due to this, and he already was being teased at school and just wasn't really fitting in there, so he decided to drop out of high school, which to his father was only another thing to confirm how stupid his son was. During his childhood, Gacy didn't actually display some of the more well-known hallmarks of future violent adults, like bedwetting, animal abuse, or fighter, um, fire starting which are all aspects of the McDonald triad. Um, It made his later crimes a little bit more surprising. And when he was looked at by psychiatrist Richard Rappaport, um, who later worked on his defense, he said that he had a hard time understanding how someone who seems so normal in most aspects could be, you know, as abnormal when it came to murders. He didn't think that Gacy's childhood was necessarily an indicator that he would grow up to be, you know, as we know him today, especially because his sisters grew up to be really well adjusted. Yeah. Or so we think. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Karen. I'm looking at you, Karen. (laughs) Uh, When Gacy turned 18 years old, he started engaging in politics. Oh, here's where we went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He eventually became a precinct captain for the Democratic Party. Uh, (laughs) Do not miss. So I used to work on a campaign... Not that long ago. (laughs) And um, precinct walking was my least favorite thing to do. I hated it so much. There were times where I was supposed to be precinct walking, and I doubt that my boss is listening to this. I would just go hang out in a bar. (laughs) I doubt sometimes because it was ridiculous. We had volunteers that were doing it. I was not really supposed to be doing it, but gosh, that was just... I really hated that. Precinct walking is when you're knocking door to door and you're telling them in a very non-Jehovah Witness kind of style, like, hey, have you heard about my Lord and Savior, the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or the <laughs> Green Party or whatever it is you're yeah. looking for? So it sucks. You basically get a lot of doors slammed in your face. You get a lot of people that like to tell you their opinion. Um, no one's ever really nice unless they're voting for who you're there representing. So, in which case they've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it doesn't do much, but I don't know. Whatever. I hate I hate I hated working that whole thing. <laughs> and if her old boss is listening, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but also, not just kidding. <laughs> so it was through politics though that Gacy started to get a feel for like people pleasing and the whole gabbing and politicking and he found out something he was good at. He was really good at his job. He was good at talking with people. He was good at, like, getting them in a comfort zone. He was good at getting them to listen and open up and had this really just, I don't know, good aura about him, I guess, that made people feel relaxed. They're like, oh, John, he's a good guy. He's fun. He's fun. So he started getting a lot of recognition for it, which this made him feel good about himself. And however, you know... As you would expect in true fashion, his father belittled him about this and would nickname him a party patsy, which I'm guessing is supposed to be super offensive. I don't know. It means nothing to me now. 
this is also 2021, and back then, this is the 60s, so I don't know. Eventually, though, Gacy has enough of his father's abuse, and he gets all pissed off, because also around this time, uh, I believe his father had bought a car, or, well, John had bought a car, but his father, I think, had to loan him some of the money, so he was making payments to his father, so his father would like to take the car keys from John whenever he wanted as, like, a power play with him. And there was one incident where I think it was just one too many times of taking the keys away. Or he took, like, a special part of the engine away so that John couldn't, like, leave. Because I think John tried to get a copy of his car keys, and so then his dad started taking parts out. A little crazy. So John got really pissed off at this the last time it happened, and he just took the car, and he drove, packed his bags, and he drove to Vegas. Um, so he gets to Vegas and he gets a job working for an ambulance service, which then he very quickly does stops doing that and starts working for a mortuary. <laughs> he would often work the night shift alone and would even sleep on a cot in the embalming room often where restful. there were still bodies there, <laughs> so like, restful. you know, chilling. Uh, and it was on one of these dark, cold nights that he got a little curious and decided to get into a coffin with a male adolescent corpse and fondle its private parts. And he was surprised to find that he was aroused by this. And I guess that freaked him out. So then the next day he called his mom and begged to come home and he went ahead and headed home. He lasted about three months in Vegas before he went back to Chicago. After moving back home to Chicago, uh, somehow by the miracle of olden times with, you know, little to no background checks, Gacy got into Northwestern Business College without a high school degree. Now, he graduated in 1963 and was quickly hired by Nunn Bush Shoe Company, which was in Springfield, Illinois. The Simpsons. Exactly. <laughs> so, he met his future wife, Marlon Myers. Um, they met, started dating, and then only nine months later were married in 1964. I just want to say how irritated that makes me that he got into college without graduating high school. I know. It's like, it's what? like now it's like, okay, well, we need your um, high school diploma. We need references. We need to write an mm-hmm. essay. Your transcripts. Need transcripts. And your, your proof of your GPA. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, oh, yeah, um, I went to high school. I right, just, all right, like, cool. fucked a dead body. <laughs> oh, right. What are your extracurriculars? Uh, sleeping with corpses. <laughs> Sounds valid. So at this point, Gacy's got a degree. He's got the job, which he also received a promotion to manager pretty quickly after he started working for this company because he's a talker. He's got the wife. What's left to be your complete functioning businessman of society? Ah, networking. You know, the more that I look into John Wayne Gacy's life, the more that I'm a little freaked out about myself because <laughs> I also like mm-hmm. part of a networking organization. Ay, ay, ay. But I never fucked a dead body. So. <laughs> Just want to clarify that. Us. Okay. Um, what? <laughs> Anyways, so within his first year of living in Springfield, he joined the JCs. The JCs are a young professional group based out of the Chamber of Commerce, usually. Um, They're now a nationwide organization with several different sectors, pretty similar to the Rotary Club, if you ever heard of them. They do a lot of charity work. They'll host mixers for their members where the members can network. It's actually a pretty good, like, organization for the most part. 
but obviously there can be flaws within individual organizations and individual groups and clubs. I know that JCs used to exist locally in this area, but they got a lot of connotation for being too much of a partier, so they kind of went away. Um, and that's, we're going to see that's kind of something that was going on here too. Um, but not this first one in Springfield. This first one in Springfield, they were your Boy Scouts, basically. Uh, they did a lot of charity work there. They did a lot of fundraising for good things. Um, Gacy started moving up the social ladder within the club as well because he was really good at talking. He was really good at self-promoting. He was good at getting new members. So he went quickly through the ranks. He had a knack for fundraising. He put a lot of effort into it. And he was part of something that he felt good at. He was appreciated. He was well-liked. People started to look up to him. By 1965, he was the vice president of his division, and he was voted third place for most outstanding JC in the state of Illinois. He's yeah, probably his, his dad was probably like only third place. Pungy, <laughs> JC Patsy, or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so shortly after this, his father-in-law offered him the opportunity to manage three KFCs that he owned in three? Iowa. <laughs> three KFCs, like, yeah. not popcorn chicken. Three. So, uh, Gacy and his wife left Springfield and moved to Waterloo, Iowa. He quickly joined the JCs there and began climbing up the ladder. However, these JCs were more into partying rather than charity and the, like, goody two-shoe stuff back in Springfield. They were often using drugs, drinking heavily, had prostitutes, would watch porn, and get involved in wife swapping. Gacy fully indulged in this party lifestyle, so it was during this time that he also decided to reach his greasy little hands even further into the bucket by hooking up with young employees. <laughs> you like that line, right? managed, I did. He's like, ooh, look at this tender die. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this became his new target demographic. He turned his basement into a hangout man cave spot, um, like Club Gacy. He wanted to create a space that young guys at work would be interested in coming to for porn and free booze. After the guys would be liquored up, Gacy would often help himself and, like, sexually gratify himself by taking advantage of the intoxicated guys. Although this partying with the JCs and the fondling of the KFC kids wasn't um, all that was going on in Gacy's life. His wife gave birth to their first child, a son named Michael, in 1967. And in 1968, a daughter named Christine was born. That's the thing. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, it doesn't sound... You know, it's not the craziest thing going on, right? Having, like, a party scene set up in your house and everything. Yeah. The guy's married and living a double life. Like, his wife doesn't know... He's inviting teenagers That he's over. out doing this. And he's inviting teenagers over. And porn back then, the reason why these guys were, like, porn, like, all wet off that is because it was not easily accessible like it is today like today it's everywhere porn is anywhere i mean you don't need you don't even need to be 18 to see porn like it's everywhere but back then it was a lot harder to get your hands on stuff like that so that was a good way to boost uh membership right (laughs) and bonding experience for a networking (laughs) program so in august of 1967 Gacy lured 15-year-old, remember these are teenagers, by the way, not consenting 18-year-olds coming over. These are teenagers. He lured 15-year-old Donald Voorhees to his house by telling him that he had some porn videos like what was playing at the JC meetings. Donald's father was also a fellow JC. 
Gacy turned on the videos and gave Donald alcohol to get him drunk like he did with his employees and told Donald that he had to have sex with a man before he could have sex with a woman and then made him perform oral sex on him and performed oral sex on Donald. Gacy would bring other teenagers to his house and do the same and convinced a few that he was doing a scientific homosexual experiment and would pay them $50 to participate. Kind of reminds you a little bit of Dahmer with the $50 Mm -hmm. wage there. To get him in. Yeah. $50 hand job. Mm -hmm. Uh, In March of 1968, Donald told his father about the assault and his father immediately called the police and Gacy was arrested and charged with sodomy for Donald and for some of the other boys. He asked to take a polygraph, but he failed it and continued to claim that Donald was lying and this was a political ploy since Donald's dad opposed Gacy's run for president of the JCs. Like, it's that serious. <laughs> this is, you know, a United States election. But um, I, what is up with these people taking polygraph tests when they know they're guilty and then just failing them? Like, yeah, Chris Watts. Yeah, <laughs> they really think they're going to beat it. So August 30th, Gacy hired one of his employees, 18-year-old Russell Schroeder, to assault Donald so he'd be too scared to testify against Gacy. (laughs) Gacy paid Russell 300 bucks, so Russell brought Donald to a park where he maced him and then beat him up. Donald ran away and then called the police, of course, and they arrested Russell. He caved, like, pretty much immediately and told them that Gacy had hired him. So, Gacy was then given an extra charge of intimidation. Um, he's a freaking idiot. <laughs> so, Here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> I know. You're gonna take him to the park. take him to the park. Mace him. Rip his legs off. Yeah. Oh, wait. Just mace him. Mace him in the face. <laughs> in the face and he'll be too scared. So, um, during this time, Gacy underwent a psychiatric evaluation and was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, which is the fancy way of saying he was a sociopath. Pudding. <laughs> so his doctors determined that um, that he was beyond help for medicine or therapy and that his diagnosis would make him a future problem with society. Uh, but he was determined um, to be able, he was fit to stand trial. So on November 7th, 1968, he pled guilty to one count of sodomy in the case of Donald, but not guilty to the others. He also claimed that Donald had instigated the sexual contact and that he had just gone along with it because he was curious. Obviously, uh, nobody believed him. <laughs> Such stupid bullshit. And then he was sentenced to a 10-year, um, 10 years in Anamasa State Penitentiary, which is, I'm not sure where in Iowa, but the same day he was sentenced, uh, Marlin filed for divorce and gained full custody of their children, all their assets, including their house and also alimony. Here's where America fucks up. This is why we got so many damn serial killers. Yeah. This guy was determined to be a problem for the future. He hasn't killed anyone yet that we know of. And 10 years is, you know, that's a pretty, I say it's a decent sentence for what he did. But yeah. no mental health care. Mm-hmm. And when he comes out, he's just like released back in society yeah. with the stupidest little band-aid over his mental health care. And yep. we just expect him to, okay, you'll be fine. Good, good luck. <laughs> Jeez. So Gary actually thrived. Gary. <laughs> Gacy. Gacy. Actually thrived in prison. He was so well behaved and had the position of head cook, which is 
it's a pretty big deal in prison, to be honest. You're managing people's food, if you got to think about it. Yeah. So, and prison food is disgusting. Like, <laughs> it is disgusting. Especially, I don't know what it was like back then. I'm sure it was gross then. It is very disgusting now. Um, and if you're the cook, like, you're able to make your food a little bit better. So, there's some good privileges with that. Yeah. And, he, you know, he had all that wonderful Kentucky Fried Chicken practice, I guess, or something. <laughs> the secret seasoning blend. Secret seasoning. <laughs> so, he also joined, which, by the way, I think this is great, that there is a JC chapter at the prison. <laughs> Uh, you could do anything there. I mean, I've read about, like, people being in, like, drama clubs and stuff at the prison. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on there. So I was like, hmm. They don't have to pay rent? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Your meals are paid for. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want, I don't want to ever experience that. So he joined the JCs there. They would fix toys for orphanages and less fortunate kids for Christmas. And they actually won several awards for their charity. While in prison, Gacy's father died on Christmas Day of 1969, and he believed it was because his father was so ashamed of him. But in reality, it was from, help me with this word. Cirrhosis. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Deliver from drinking. He died of drinking. I was going to say influenza, but. Gacy is said to have collapsed sobbing when he heard the news, and he asked to leave to attend his father's funeral, but it was denied. Despite the fact that while in prison, Gacy was given supervised permission to perform as a clown for hire. Local <laughs> children's birthday parties as Pogo the Clown. Let's get this pedophile prisoner <laughs> to perform at children's birthday yeah. parties. Hey, you want to honk on this? Honk, honk. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Insert your brother's laugh. I can laugh blow right? a balloon. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they say about my shoe size, right? <laughs> They're all Pogo. Pogo. You're going back to prison. That's it. No, it's so crazy. It's oh, like with no. Dahmer that they would let him out to continue work at his job yeah. so he can earn wages. He's like, oh, we want to keep your job. Okay. You're in prison, <laughs> but sure, you can go to work. Yeah, like, and just stockpile money. Can you, you imagine? Jeez. Jeez. Crazy. Yeah, he was, this guy, though, was, you know... All around good behavior in prison. He was in the choir. He was doing charity. He had a lot of extra privileges. He was um, body body with a lot of the security mm-hmm. there. I think on the documentary, they're talking about how in prison, everyone would wear jean um, shirts, like blue denim shirts and pants. But the, the security guards or the prison guards, they would wear white shirts and they would let him wear white shirts because <laughs> he had it in with someone in laundry. He had a lot of... He did a lot of, he gave them, you know, the extra KFC seasoning on their chicken and in return they would give him extra privileges and stuff and he was all around pogoing his stick or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that, you know, that tells me that he should have stayed in prison. He <laughs> stayed in prison. He was better for society time. in prison. Yeah. So he was given the 10 year sentence, but despite that, he was released for good behavior after 18 months on the condition that he moved back to Chicago to his mother's house and then keep a 10 p.m. curfew. Oh, people in his hometown didn't know what happened in Iowa, so it wasn't hard for him to slip back into a regular life. Not long after his release, Gacy was accused of sexually assaulting another teenage boy. Surprise, surprise. But the boy never showed up to court, so the charges were dropped. Another boy also came forward in June of 1970, saying Gacy had impersonated a cop and forced him to perform oral, oral sex. But the charges were dropped when the boy tried to blackmail Gacy. 
Iowa never heard what happened um, in Chicago, so Gacy, in their view, completed his parole, and his records were then sealed. Hey, hey, hey. You know, I think in one of the um, the documentary that we were watching last night, it's called Devil in Disguise. Devil in Disguise. Yeah. It's a six part. Um, one of the guys was like, "I just don't see how Gacy would just out of nowhere start murdering boys." Mm-hmm. This is not out of nowhere. There's a buildup here that's like building up here. So, I've heard. I can't remember where I read this, or maybe it was actually I heard it on last podcast on the left. But they were talking about how that boy who didn't show up to court that maybe Gacy had actually killed him because mm-hmm. I think there was a problem finding him afterward. And then Gacy had shortly before then made a comment to his friend how he was never going back to prison again. So, you know, maybe that's when he was just like, they're going to tell if I keep him alive. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always like that. I mean, it could have been an accident. Mm hmm. Uh, maybe try to talk to him and ask him not to do it or something, not to come, you know, go in. Yeah. And something happened or rage or something. There's usually that one first murder, right? That something's weird. And then you start realizing you like it or, you know, builds up and stuff. Like yeah. That, so, and that's what he needs for his, his release. Yeah. So Gacy and his mother purchased a home together in Norwood Park Township in Cook County in the Chicago area. The address was 8213 West Somerdale Avenue. He quickly became involved in his community, easily making friends and hosting large parties that were attended by neighbors and even politicians. During this time, he also started his construction company, which became pretty successful, uh, PDM Contractors, where he routinely hired teenage boys to work for him, claiming it was, or you know, so that he could train them the way he wanted to, or a.k.a. cheap labor, probably, too. Yeah. Uh, it was here at this home on West Summerdale that Gacy committed his infamous murders, which we will cover in our next episode. So this is where we're going to let you hang here. Um, yeah. Our next episode, we'll get into all the, the murders and just, you know, all the ways that... <laughs> It ain't gonna be pretty. What was that? <laughs> it ain't gonna. It's not gonna be pretty. No, no. Um, it just gets worse and worse yeah, until he's finally does. caught. But around this time, right here, you know, this is before his uh, second marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is again. He's really learned how, and I think the JCs were part of like teaching him how to network. To be honest, yeah. Um, he really learns how to work the room. How to get everyone in the room to like him mm-hmm. without people knowing obviously him too like much. Him. People think they're his friend, but they don't really know him. And then also, I mean, partying usually leads to a lot of bonding. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. You, sometimes it's like that awkward relationship at work and then you go out after work and have a few beers together. And then you're like, I love that guy. <laughs> you have a... A drunk bathroom conversation yeah. with your coworker. You're so beautiful. Yeah. You don't deserve him. <laughs> oh, you're throwing up. Here's my hi- my hair tie. I'm like, girl, you got me. You got oh, yeah. me, girl. I made a lot of those bathroom friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I miss weird. Them. It sounds really bad. Don't bathroom just friends. cross out that part. <laughs> Good old bathroom days. Good old bathroom days. But yeah, John Wayne Gacy. So, we're in the next episode, we'll get into the murder. We were thinking it was going to be a two-parter. I feel like it's going to be a three-parter. Yeah, so. there's a lot of information about him. And he was um, thought to kill at least 33 people. So 
We have a lot to go through. Possibly more. Yeah. Honestly. But mm. yeah. Well, that is Pogo the Clown. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> the entire time we were watching this documentary, they kept just zooming in on him as Pogo. And I was like, kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, uh, Katie and I had a psychology class together in college. And I remember we had to cover clowns and why people are scared of them mm-hmm. on one of the pages. And you... Like, shrieked mm. in class when you flip the page, there's a clown on there, and you're like, I cannot read that page. I'm like, you have to. It's for class. You're like, I cannot read it. I, I was, was like, to be fair, gosh. asleep in that class most days. So. Yeah. Gosh. I was like, uh, okay, this is, this is real. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening in. We hope you're still hanging out with us next week, or in two weeks, I should say for part two. Yeah, until then, enjoy your Pogo's Poppin' Rita. Have some cotton candy and enjoy. Have a good night, guys. Cheers.